Sasswat is a show about Bigfoot. It's recorded for the skeptics, the believers, the knowers, the hopers, and those who just have a casual interest in the subject. For more information, visit our Facebook page. This is Sasswet, a show about Bigfoot. I'm one of your hosts, Mark Matsky, and I am joined tonight by my son and co-host, Andy. Hello there. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing quite well. Um, I have no clue what that was. I'm assuming it was a firework. If you even heard that, there's a, there's a bang. I don't know what that was. I think it was a firework. <laughs> yeah, I hope it was a firework. I hope it was a firework, not Godzilla. Oh, speaking of Godzilla, I was going to bring you in as the um, Comic-Con panelist, Andy Matsky. Yes, I just got back from San Diego, if only. <laughs> I'd still be on like an adrenaline rush. Um, we just got back from G-Fest, which is a Godzilla convention in Chicago, Illinois. Um, why my dad brings up the fact I was a panelist is I was on a panel with a guy named Tony Isabella. He wrote for Marvel and DC Comics in um, the 70s, and I think it went into the eight, early 80s. Um, he created a little superhero you might be hearing about lately, Black Lightning, getting a TV show. I think it's next year. Or is it this year? I don't know. It's coming soon, and it's amazing because he's probably, outside of like the main... DC movies, he's like the most talked about creator. Like you can find his name and articles nowadays. It's amazing. It was so much fun. I talked about uh, Marvel comic monsters, like um, the original Groot, um, all sorts of guys, Fing Fang Foom, those type of monsters. It was lots of fun. Including the Abominable Snowman. Yeah. He is like he has one of the most stories and they go out there in great ways. They go out there like um the Peter Cushing movie goes out there and beyond with Jack Kirby art, which I love. Find if you can somehow find if your library system is magical, if you can find Tales to Astonish somewhere, like in like one of the hardcovers for a reasonable price, just do it. Jump head first into it and you'll like volume two of their marvel masterworks is about some of the best that type of comics you can find that was my introduction (laughs) yeah so that will be um a lot of that i think is going to be available on monsterland ohio radio which i was i'm so i've yet to assemble the g-fest episode no rush so but it'll it'll be out there eventually um I felt like I didn't know anything. At the same time, I was like, I know stuff, yet I feel like I know nothing. It was a great feeling to be up there. Tony's so nice. I'm so thankful to be allowed to be on it. Because he he talks like, when I was at Marvel Comics, and you're like, when you worked there, and he's like, I did this, and I was a superior sort of over this guy. And you're like, what? Yeah. Yeah, a great experience. And I guess... That makes a pretty good segue to another public speaking experience that we had. And the last two episodes of Sasswit have been entirely an audio record of our presentation with Seth Breedlove at the Willoughby Hills Public Library. 
and we haven't really had the opportunity on this program to sort of reflect and look back at that experience. So I thought we would do that tonight as a way of setting up um, part three, which was uh, the second night's presentation, which really amounted to a Q&A about Boggy Creek and other things with you, me, and Seth. So... Um, with me geeking out every five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> every time I talked, I'd be like, oh my goodness. But that's just me, so... Before we do that, um, I think we should probably announce our very next in-person Sasquatch event. We are going to be holding another Sasquatch meetup in Peninsula, Ohio at Fisher's Cafe and Pub. And the date for this is going to be August 17th. That's a Thursday evening beginning at 6 p.m. And just like the last Sasquatch meetup, we're going to just meet informally with you, our listeners, get something to eat, of course, yes. talk Bigfoot and whatever else you want to talk about. And then uh, chances are good if the weather cooperates, we'll go on another hike in there the good old CVNP. There is we're not doing that there's something we're not doing this time, which is a host change. So don't worry, none of us are leaving. That's true. That we know of. Yeah, I I mean I may just like lose my voice for the rest of my life and right now. Yeah, this is just for fun because we wanted to do it. What? Oh, you're talking about the meetup. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think I was talking about? The podcast. Just like isn't it always? It's fine. Go ahead. Okay. Well, that's really all I have to say about it. Thursday, August 17th, Fisher's Cafe Six in Peninsula, Ohio, 6 p.m. Fisher's. 17th. Come hungry. Come hungry, and you will be fed. Come wanting to walk, and we may do so. <laughs> Come ready to hear, and you will hear. On another note, but still on Sasquatch Meetup, Beans, come on down. Come on down again. It would be, be a blast. Just come on down from Alaska. It's not that far. It's that far. You, you don't have to. All right, so library presentation. Your thoughts, sir? It was a blast. I really, I had a fun time doing it. So I hope the people who were there enjoyed themselves. And I think they did from, you know, from my grandparents and other people we know that were there and told us it was a good time. I was just, I enjoyed doing it. It was one of my, I think it is my first speaking in front of people about Bigfoot. Am, am I right about that? Yeah. I believe so. I mean, I've talked in front of people before. Um, I lost my train of thought, even though I didn't have one. Um, it's like, I should have something. Nope. Um, <laughs> the train has left the station and immediately collapses. derailed. Um, it was, I, I know I'm just saying the same thing over and over again, but it was just such an enjoyable time. And, it, it was such a fun dynamic to have the three of us in front of people it may sound weird, but to have an audience really helps a lot in some in some instances. Just to to get a laugh really helps sometimes. And uh it was just a great time. What are your th Yeah, thoughts? I agree. I agree with that. I think that it was really neat to have the three of us together, number one. And number two, what really I was pleased by was the fact that people in the crowd 
had experiences of their own. And hopefully that came through on the recording and you've been able to hear some of the uh, reports that we, quote unquote, received that evening. Uh, Pretty compelling reports and ones from Ohio area and places that we're fairly well familiar with. So that was very cool in and of itself. I mean, it really was in its own way, a microcosm of your typical Bigfoot event in terms of the type of personalities that, you know, showed up, friends and family, obviously, plus people that we didn't know or had let us know through social media that they were going to be there for the first time. So that was really rewarding as well. I mean, I know I've said this number of times, but just to know people are out there listening and are interested to the degree that they would show up at an event like this, it truly is, it, it never gets old or it's never something that I'm used to. It's always, it comes as a surprise to me. And that was just cool. Plus we got to go out and eat. Got to get with, Texas Roadhouse. Yeah. <laughs> never had Texas Roadhouse before. I want to go back and have the, the what I call it? The chicken butter? Chicken, chicken butter, butter, yeah. It. And sitting the, sitting butter. down with, yeah, the Breedlove family was really worth it in and of itself. To yeah, do the, the whole butter thing. looks like chicken, but it's really good. <laughs> okay. Um, I thought you, you seemed like you wanted to talk about the chicken butter more. Sort of your muse. It, it was really good. It just, it's so, sp- Sasswood, a podcast about how much we like unusual butter. Um, it was good. I don't need to talk about butter. Okay. So what you're about to hear is the Q&A that we did, and it's somewhat Boggy Creek centric because that was the movie that was screened the second evening of the Sasswood Small Town Monsters uh, extravaganza. So it was fun. It's always fun to go back and relive that because it's uh, uh, one of the greatest trips ever. And, you know, it's, it still comes as somewhat of a surprise when we're watching the film and you see various scenes. It's like, you know, we were actually on site and I, we were we set foot on in those locations, and uh, just I, an unforgettable type of experience. I can't imagine what invasion's going to be like, because you've seen rough cut of invasion, but I've I've sort of intentionally stayed away from it partially, because I can't imagine what invasion's going to be like. That sort of I was there because the like we've seen quote unquote sizzle reels and stuff like that that have been. Like, oh my goodness, I was there for everything. And it's an amazing feeling. And then, like, with certain things that we may or may not... We, we've talked about on here. Like, the, the ape mask. Stuff like that. Seeing that, like, in in context is amazing. So I... The finished product, I, I can't even wrap my mind around what type of crying mess I'll be, be like <laughs> probably after I see it. Yeah. Yeah, the um, that that helps explain a little bit why Sasswet didn't get out. I mean, we were we were out of town, but in, and plus, uh, right before we left, uh, Seth and I really started working on the narrative script in earnest, and uh, 
been working on that for some time since we got home, and it's pretty much wrapped. So thanks for your patience and waiting for the next SAS What uh, we've been doing small town monsters stuff that I am hopeful that you will truly enjoy because uh, it's been a real learning experience for me uh, doing this type of writing and getting ready to record the narration in the near future. So uh, keep watching for more news about Invasion on Chestnut Ridge. And like Andy said, I think uh, for us in particular, it will bring back a lot of great memories every time we see it. And I imagine we'll be seeing it quite a few times see it over the next year or so. I mean, I can't even imagine. I'm sorry I'm spending so much time on this. But, like, there's, like, I'm not being upset secretly when I say this, but there's, like, two shots in Boggy that I really connect to, like, B-roll shots. And the Pebble one, there's a ripple scene that I had forgotten about, sort of. So when we saw it this time, I was like, oh, the there's, like, a ripple in the water scene in Boggy. I threw the pebble that made the ripple, so I was I always connected to that. And then there's one scene of a road, and that was the road we got stuck on. So those two scenes I really connected to. And with Invasion, there'll probably be like, I don't know, I don't want to say ten times, but I mean, there'll be a much larger number of scenes that are like that because we were there for almost everything that was filmed. So I can't wait. One last thing before we let the Q&A roll, and that is um, we were recently actually the subject of an interview on a podcast, and it's uh, that was initiated by our friend Jonathan Bevel, who along with his friends uh, Matt Anderson and Matt Stout host a podcast called The Parent Pastor Podcast. And they wanted to get us on, and we made it work with our schedules and got that recorded it was really a lot of fun. It was crazy fun. I I I mean, what has it been like 2 days since we've been on there and I'm still like that was a blast. I I'll, I'll go back anytime. Anytime they want us back on, I'll go back. Or yeah. we'll go back, but yeah, Parent Pastor Podcast is made up of three young men who are all pastors and the order of the title is very intentional. It um for the most part, is a podcast where they explore the uh, tightrope walk of being a parent and being a pastor and how to do that in the right proportion. But this was a very, very Bigfoot-centric oh, yeah. episode. I mean, they got us on for obvious reasons with parent-pastor, but Jonathan really wanted to talk Bigfoot and even had a, a BFRO report ready to go about... Uh, a Bigfoot report coming out of Arkansas near where he lived, which yeah. was a really awesome report. We and need to use that for Sasquatch Nation. We might, we just might have to. We'll have to. Yeah, maybe we could get Jonathan on. Yeah, come on. The program. We are. Let's do it. We're doing it right brainstorming now. Brainstorming right now. It's like we're walking at the wire. <laughs> so, Jonathan, if you're listening, and I hope you are, uh, we're. It, it sounds as if we would like to. Uh, get in touch with you for the Arkansas episode. We really would like to get some other voices on there for our Sasquatch Nation episodes. So um, be listening for that as well. Andy, if anybody would like to reach out and touch the Sasquatch staff, how would they go about doing that? Um, 
they can reach the Sasswet staff at our Facebook page that I mentioned earlier. You can just look up Sasswet. We're also on Twitter, at Sasswet Show. And we are on iTunes. Um, and you can find other places where we are through our Twitter and Facebook page. Feel free also, the thing I forgot, feel free to write us a letter, email, at sasswetmail at gmail.com. Do that. Just, just write us, you know, friendly, what, you, what you've been doing. If it's related to Bigfoot, what you've been doing. We'll read it, maybe. We'll probably read it, but let's take us a little bit. All right. So, uh, thanks for listening, and here you go. Part three of Andy, Mark, and Seth at the Willoughby Hills Library. Yeah, uh, do we have... For some reason, the... the um, the program thing said we were showing a second movie tonight, but I already was asked when we were getting out of here, so I don't think there's time for a second movie tonight. <laughs> um, but do we have any questions relating to Boggy Creek Monster from anyone? We were involved in making it. Do you have any videos or pictures of Well, um, no. It's funny, when it comes to the Boggy Creek uh, situation, the only photo I saw... A guy showed me a photo taken outside of Falk, and it was it was interesting. It was of a of, of a kind of um, blurry shape stump. Uh, stump. Did you see that photo? No, no. I'm saying it's a stump. I I normally don't put much stock in that kind of stuff, but this was kind of intriguing. It definitely had a shape to it, like something. But I mean, you couldn't tell what it was. It was just taken by a farmer right outside of Falk. Um, is there anything you know? No, I'm really not aware of anything. The, the tracks are by far the most famous. The skeleton. Yeah. <laughs> there's a, there's a, Smokey has a, you could probably tell it better than I do about Smokey's skeleton. Oh, I don't know. I mean, there was, you know, it goes by very quickly in the film, but Smokey Crabtree wrote a couple books about his experiences. And then, um... I forget how, but he came into the possession of a mysterious skeleton that he would show people. And um, there's a lot of question about what the skeleton was. Whatever it was, there was no head attached any longer. And honestly, I forget how that story wraps up, but I think it was the, the proven to be something definitely not a Bigfoot. It's like a panther or a tiger or something. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the story, it's weird because we did a library presentation at Wadsworth and these people came and totally, you know, just like a mom, dad, was there a kid? I can't even remember. These husband and wife had driven to Arkansas and randomly gone up to Smokey's house out in the middle of the woods, which is kind of scary. And Smokey took them out to his shed, which already sounds pretty scary, <laughs> and showed them the skeleton. And they were, ta- they were telling us, I guess everyone that's seen it, Lyle's seen it, uh, everyone that sees it says, mentions how awful the smell is. But it's not, a, it's not a Bigfoot. But the weird thing about it is, like, Smokey was tied up in all these shady legal dealings over the skeleton. So the odds of anyone seeing it anytime soon are slim to none. But as far as I know, it's still in the in the shed. It's still just sitting in there. So he had he had gone into business with the two guys that had 
said they they came across the skeleton and there's they literally have a contract written up between the three of them that's it's got it tied up from what I've heard. Yep. Any anything? Yes. Are there any uh, stories from like famous frontiersmen, say Jim Bowie, Davy Crockett? I think Arkansas was Jim uh, Jim Bowie country. Uh, mm. Daniel Boone, any of those guys ever? Uh, Oh, is it Crockett that has the uh, mm-hmm. Davy Crockett? Daniel Boone, it might be them. Yeah, that's Tennessee. If I'm not, wasn't yeah, it in Tennessee it's not, where it's not he? Arkansas, but but there are there are there is a story connected to Boone that it, it basically was that the one where he supposedly killed one. Supposedly mm-hmm. he killed one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that could have been any. That could have been me. Uh, yeah, time traveling. Yeah, time traveling me wearing a fur coat. Yes. Could you share a little bit how you were received by the local people when you were there in April last year? If you were received, well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I, I mean, it's it's the South, so so they're really hospitable and kind, but at the same time, it is as deep woods off the beaten track as I've ever gone. And I grew up in a in a family that has Southern relatives and. We have relatives that own a possum museum. <laughs> that's how that's how redneck we are. <laughs> and I still had never been in a, in any situation like this. And and it it is it is true. If you go on some of these properties without being invited, you will you probably die. Um, so there there were there are situations down there where I was just kind of nervous being out where we were. But pretty much everyone was. Extremely welcoming and, and kind to us. I mean, we, we showed up in town and immediately got to go to Smokey's property, which had never been filmed before, and were taken there by his family. Now, side note, though, to that, and it's in the, the production diaries on the DVD, these little kids were holding assault rifles. Like, the little kids were just walking around with assault rifles back in the woods there. So <laughs> that, that was kind of funny. Because, like, we're on these boats being driven by some drunken... Um, Crabtree relatives, they were pounding Jaeger while we were driving around these. And I'm sitting in there with with like a uh, $6,000 camera, um, a $1,200 gimbal. Zach was holding a $4,000 camera. Uh, The lens, we had lenses in that boat that were probably $6,000. I was like, if this boat hits anything we tip, we are dumping like $20,000 a year into this into Boggy Creek, hilariously enough. That's what we're <laughs> yeah. um, so, but they're s- super friendly. But they're definitely, it's a, it was an adjustment. Yeah. Um, well, I think the key is Lyle Blackburn, who's yeah. in the film, because he really worked on the relationship end of that. Because in Southern culture, it's all who you know. And if you are vouched for by someone that they trust, then they're going to open up to you if they don't know who you are and you show up saying, hey, have you seen Bigfoot around here? You're not going to get anywhere with them. So Lyle has spent years cultivating those relationships going back and forth between his home and Falk and really primed the pump for this production because he's able to introduce Seth and the production company to just about everybody that you saw. And one more story on how we were received. Andy, I think you should tell the story of what happened when we went to the Sutton house um, that you know, Terry Sutton was in the blue shirt. Uh, this this gives you a really good slice of life experience. Okay, so after the interview wraps up, 
Mr. Sutton's like, you know, my, my wife has made some food. And the way he's talking, it sounds like, you know, maybe a sandwich, some sandwiches for us. And we're like, you know what, okay, why not? We go in, and it is a banquet. <laughs> it's potato salad. What was it all? I can't even remember it all. Pulled pork. Pulled pork. It was all this homemade food that was amazing, considering we had had pizza and what else had we had the rest of the week? <laughs> a lot of, like, and pizza. And meals. pizza. <laughs> um, it, they're lucky it was the last day of filming for us, because if not, we might have come back. Um, it was just amazing, all the food. And the best potato salad I've ever had was at the Sutton House. So. They probably wanted us to stay there for an hour, hour and a half, and just keep feeding us. Mm -hmm. And we couldn't. We had to move on to the next shoot. But, um, yeah, last day that we were there, people were pulling up to the Monster Mart, because that sort of becomes your ad hoc headquarters during the week. They see us putting away camera equipment and so forth, hop out and say, hey, what are you guys doing here? And we said, well, we're making this movie about the Falk Monster. And they start talking to you about either... I've seen something, or I know someone who's seen a creature, and it very quickly becomes making connections with them. So I, I guess I was surprised overall at how open people were yeah. once they found out what we were doing there. Well, we went back for the premiere of the movie, and the second time, when we went back, and that was actually, that would have been my third time, because my dad and I went down October 2015, I think, 2015, uh, back to film the movie in 2016, and then again uh, last November to premiere the movie. And every time it was like getting further and further ingrained in the culture around there. But it, it was it was a cool place. I mean, I, I'd like to go back. I want to go back at some point. Strange, but <laughs> I'd love to go back. I've been missing it terribly ever since we left. Make a sequel so I can go back. Okay, <laughs> we're talking about that. Uh, yeah. So. Based off stories, interviews, conversations, uh, evidence, what do you guys think? Any truth? you believe in this stuff? Well, I mean, for me, this goes back to the original film, you know, um, and hunting desperately, trying to see, just see the legend of Boggy Creek back in the 1980s. Um, I think we, all of us who have been part of these films, you know, who have seen these folks face to face and have, you know, looked in their eyes as they tell these stories, I don't know what they've seen, but they've seen something. And it's profoundly affected their lives in some cases, where that, that's what they think about day in and day out. And uh, so I don't know. I mean, there's some very weird elements to the, the Falk monster and you know, most especially the three-toed tracks. But um, I think what we felt and our impressions of the area was that it certainly is a place where if a person or a thing wanted to hide away and not be found, it's a perfect place for that. Because there's many places down there on the bayou where there's only one way in and one way out, and surrounding that is some of the thickest you know, underbrush that you've ever seen in your life, where, you know, from here to one of those stand-up posters, um, beyond that, you could see nothing at all. So that's what struck me looking around those areas, is that if something wanted to get lost out here and never be seen or heard from, that's the right habitat for it. I agree. I agree. Just 
also with what you're talking about with the locals, just the way it seemed normal around there was this really interesting feeling that made you think whatever they're seeing is true in a way. I know that that can go, you know, they could be hoax, but still, some of these stories, the way they just tell them, I mean, it's it's hard to say. Because, like, when people just pull up, like you were talking about, mm-hmm. and just tell you, not like, well, I have a story and maybe I'll tell you. They just tell you, like, they tell you the story on how, like, they would tell you how they got gas or something <laughs> like that. It's so normal. It's amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Mark. It didn't change <laughs> my mind. I gotta have like an experience myself for me to be like, yes, yes I believe. But I definitely think that if something were happening down there, it would make sense. We have one more question because we're over our time limit. So, anyone? Final question. Final question. Yes. I have a question about that lake. Uh, some of the scenery reminds me very much of Macaulay Springs, and I wondered if you heard about any activity in that area. Where is that? Uh, near Tallahassee, Florida. Yes. I mean, that'd be, hmm. that'd be prime Tallahassee's because town. that's where Tarzan's movies were mm-hmm. filmed. Yeah, that's, that's what they, they call the... The back side of it that you can't get to. Is hmm. Tallahassee where the skunk gate photo was taken? That general area? Wherever the Mayaka, Mayaka. Preserve. Where was that from Mayaka? The preserve. It's really close to Crawford. Florida is known for the, what they call the skunk ape, which is the the Floridian version of, of the southern Sasquatch, like in that movie. Um, it just seems to be the Florida variant of, of Bigfoot. The stories are, are basically just a Bigfoot variant, except they stink a lot worse. Probably because they're in the swamp and stuff yeah. all day. There's so. a very famous photograph that Seth was talking about where there's a palmetto tree or bush in the foreground, and right behind it is something that looks very much like an orangutan. And uh, a lot of questions surrounding that photograph, but um, yeah, that, that bear, the, the terrain bears a lot of resemblance, I'm sure, to what you're describing. Except, yeah, deadly. deadly. <laughs> All right, we got to wrap up. So um, thanks for having us, and no one from the library is here, but thank you to Willoughby Hills Library for having <laughs> yeah. us. Yeah.